guests and ghouls, and welcome to Quest Friends Hereafter, an improvised fiction podcast using the Under the Neighborhood role-playing system. I am Kyle, he, him, and today I, my four best friends, and some dice are going to tell you a story about the nightmare of school sports tryouts. I am Ari, she, her, and I play Aurelio Enrique Hueso Canaca, but mostly known as Kike, who is the opportunist to adapt. He, him. Hi, I'm Tom. My pronouns are he, him, and I will be playing. I've got to say this correctly now for the first <laughs> time, because since last episode and this episode, I learned that I've just been pronouncing my own grandmother's last name wrong my <laughs> entire life because my mom never bothered to teach us how. Anyway, I will be playing Hilda Mishkiewicz, who is also, uh, is not also, <laughs> who has she, her pronouns. And is the guardian who pulls pranks. That, I'm done. I'm done now. I'm Hallie, and I am playing Sparky Malarkey, the intuition who investigates. She, her pronouns. What are your pronouns, Hallie? Oh, mine are also <laughs> she, her. I'm Emily. They, she. And I'm playing Booker. The book who books. <laughs> he He's a book. He, him. Rickled. So normally, at this point, we would jump pretty much straight into what's happened since the last adventure, because time in the show is pretty much going to pass the way it is in the real show. A month in real life is a month in the show, except for periods where time needs to be shorter or longer. But because this is our first non-pilot episode, I kind of want to sit down and go through all of the mechanics we do before the game starts. So, at the beginning of each adventure in Under the Neighborhood, we do a couple of things. The first thing we do is our adventure points, which is kind of the currency you use to do cool things. If it is over two, it goes down to two. If it is under two, it stays at that value. So if, hypothetically, for example, Hallie had zero adventure points at the end of her last adventure, they would stay at zero. That's not very fair. But if someone had over like three or four or five, it'd go back to two. Oh, that's fair. We also have a couple of roles that we do at the beginning of an adventure. So normally we won't do this, like we won't walk you through seeing Hallie roll four dice, but just so you kind of know what we're doing, every time we introduce one of these new pre-adventure roles, we'll do it. We'll start with Ari because Ari's role is the simpler one. So Ari has a thing called loaded dice. She essentially rolls 2d6 and adds whatever her slick modifier is it, and she's able to hold on to that result and use it in place of another roll. So Ari, what, what dice do you have loaded for us today? All right. That is seven. Okay, seven. So that is a mixed success. So that means at any point, Ari can, and this includes after when someone rolls, take someone else's roll and say, nope, that's a seven now. Yeah, can can Ari use, like, if someone rolls, like, a 10, can she be like, no, you rolled a mixed success instead? She absolutely can do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> but she wouldn't compete with any of our fellow party members, so I see no, no reason why, no, like... She can't. There's not even any point in trying. Yeah, mm. so, you know. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, Sparky... So everyone typically has their four stats, hearts, books, fierce, and slick. Most of them are preset. Hallie's are not. So Hallie is going to roll 4d6 
and in order, she is going to use that to determine what her stats are. Yeah, there's like a little, there's like a little guide. The ability is called True Wild Card. All right, all right, heart. Heart, I rolled a four, so heart is plus one for me today. For books, I got a two, so books is negative one for me today. For fierce, I got a five, so that's a plus two. And for slick, I got a three, so that is a zero in slick. All right, these are fairly balanced uh, stats today. Yeah, all you're right, doing pretty yeah. well. This is, this is better than I expected. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. Yeah, that's good. Good for me. All right, so that's all the roll stuff. That's all the like very mechanical stuff where you roll dice and you get numbers and you can do things with these numbers. Now we're going to move away from numbers and we're going to move to what I think is Under the Neighborhood's really unique mechanic, which is slice of life complications. In universes like Under the Neighborhood, things like Amphibia, Gravity Falls, the Owl House, a big important part of those things is that even if your people can use magic or are frog people or are little gnomes that vomit rainbows, they're still, at the end of the day, people with regular life problems. So what we're going to do is everybody has come up with a complication, the kind of thing that you would tell a friend annoyed over a drink, or depending how annoying it was, multiple drinks. This complication will then be weaved into the story. I have no idea what it is. So they'll all present one. We'll decide which one or ones we like most. And then we will find those woven into our adventure. And I specified that for this one, because Hilda's got things that she's got to do, that this was going to be specifically for Kike or Sparky. So who wants to present their complication first? So I had a complication and then I changed my complication upon hearing a better one today. <laughs> oh no. Helly will realize what it is. What? So I want to give this complication to Sparky and say that no. Sparky has a mouse infestation and she has put <laughs> traps for live mice. But every time that she goes to check for the past couple of weeks, a new mouse is in the humane trap for mouse, for mice. Humane trap for mouse. That's what it's called. <laughs> That's my complication. Credit to David from Catching Up, David. If you're interested in knowing the context for this, you can listen to our sister podcast, Catching Up, David. It's not a sister podcast, but Hallie does it. I'm on it. Specifically, the Grinch episode, where this is talked about in real life. Yes, yeah, it's a real life complication. <laughs> All right, Hallie, Hallie what's, what's yours? Oh, mine? Well, I was going to say, this is kind of predicated on whether it's in character for Kike to be making a ship in a bottle. If it's not, then he's doing this for one of his children, one of his nieces slash nephews slash other children that he pretends not to love. Um, um, <laughs> he loves them. He pretends not to love you because he doesn't. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I stand corrected. <laughs> Regardless, the complication is that the little tweezers that you use to, like, build the ship in the bottle fell into the bottle. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible, right? You did a second pair of tweezers. Those are in there, too. <laughs> it's becoming more tweezers than ship by the second. They came in the bottle. Nobody knows why they did it that way. Perfect. My complication is also for Kike. Of course. Kike has been trying to get some much-needed rest and relaxation. Oh, no. But unfortunately... A necromon has moved in <laughs> near his yard. No. A creature known as a kingpecker. 
It's like a bizarre, spooky, heron-like creature with very long legs. Oh, God. But it pecks like a woodpecker. Oh, my God. But with the force of a jackhammer. So it is just grinding down logs with its pecking near Kike's backyard and making it impossible to nap at any time. Oh, no. That's why he lost the tweezers. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And then Emily, what about yours? Sparky's coffee maker is broken. No! No! <laughs> no! This was almost Kike's problem. <laughs> oh. All right, so here are our four contestants. Sparky has a mouse infestation. She tries to do humane traps, but there's always a new one. <laughs> Kike, his tweezers for the ship in the bottle are now also in the bottle. God. Kike, he wants to rest and relax. A necromon, however, keeps him from napping. It's a kingpecker. It's basically a big woodpecker heron with the power of a jackhammer, which I'm keeping that bird regardless of what happens. Good. I spent five minutes designing this five minutes ago. <laughs> and then finally, Sparky, her coffee maker doesn't work. What a bad day for Sparky. Yeah, do we have any preferences between those? Because they're all so wonderful. I don't think we've been able to successfully choose just one yeah. slice of life complication so far. No, this is our second time doing them, and we're going to end up with at least two. Yeah, yeah, that's... that's The thing is, I really like the idea of Kike trying to do the ship in the bottle with the jackhammer outside. Yeah, like, that feels like they go together. Yeah, maybe we should merge them. So let's merge both of Kike's. Like, that bird may be the reason why the tweezers fell in the bottle in the first place, because he got startled by it. Yeah, I love it. Just steady, steady. <laughs> Great. Yes. All right, we ready to get into our adventure? Yep. Yep. Hilda, I want you to tell me about your room. Fuck you, I wasn't prepared for this. Oh yeah, I forgot, I didn't warn you about this. I considered warning <laughs> you, and then I thought improv will be fun. Uh... So Hilda's room is not fully set up yet, for one thing. There are still several boxes in the corner with things from her old place, but there are a few posters around of cutesy anime characters and Necromon. To be more specific here, you might be thinking, oh, it's like a fun Necromon poster as if it were like a famous brand from the real world, like Pokemon. No, no, no. These are like wildlife posters, you know, the kind that are like, these are the regions you can find this animal in, and here are their bones, and stuff like that. That's the sort of Necromon posters that Hilda has up in her room. Anime and National Geographic. <laughs> Together at last. Yes. Together at last. <laughs> That's her energy. I love it. All right, and so you are, well, we'll say the things are on the bed. I don't know if you're sitting on the bed with them, but you are looking at a couple of things on your bed. You've got your clothes for the day set out to you by one of your moms. Next to that, you have a welcome letter for the Valley Public Schools or VPS Junior High, welcoming you as a new student to seventh grade, because today is the first day of school. And like all the school stuff, that's exciting. But the real exciting thing is what's next to it. Next to it is this clearly handmade via Microsoft Word brochure for the school's Necromon Dueling Club. And it mentions how you're the host of the International Necromon Championship this year so many times. 
but the big thing is on front of it, you can see two pictures. You can see this girl about your age standing, looking super serious off in the distance, like one of those almost inspirational propaganda posters. And then behind her, ghostly, almost as if saying, this is my, this is my legacy passed on. You see that large, burly guy in the bandit mask. And then next to both of those, you see a book. Babka Anya's revised... Book of Practical Jokes and Clownery. Book of Practical Jokes and Clownery. An important book for you, and also an important friend. While Hilda gets ready, she's going to be idly, like, stroking the spine of Booker. Recoup. So today, um, we we might get to meet other uh, Necromon trainers and, and other Necromon uh and and see how how they how they do how they build their teams how they train it'll be fun maybe or scary but probably fun Recub. Mm, thanks bud <laughs> and reminder emily you have full control over booker now so if you ever want him to do things you can describe them oh okay he pokes your hand with his little eye stalks i was imagining booker like at being told about this just sort of like sticks the eye stalks out of the otherwise closed book and just does like the <laughs> eyes over at the uh, brochure. Yeah, because today's the big day. It's been about a month since you met Booker and that skeleton guy and then that other skeleton guy who tried to capture all of you. It was a weird day, but you met Booker, which was nice. And... When you first met Booker in that weird ethereal space, you noticed that he was missing pages, which every time he transforms from kind of book form into full necromon form, those missing pages reappear, the ripped pages in the middle of the book. And he just wasn't really feeling there. It's kind of like when you find a wild animal that's not good in the wild, like it needs someone to kind of take it in and nurture them. And so over the past month, you two... You've been training. What has training been like in the month between when you saw Booker and today, your first day of school? I think it was mostly Hilda trying to tend to Booker's injuries as best she could, taking him to the local Necromon vet. A center for Necromon, if you will. <laughs> Beyond that, I imagine a lot of it is Hilda trying to go to the library to find out what does a healthy book need to eat? <laughs> what does a healthy book need to eat? <laughs> Attention. Snails. Wait, what did you say? Attention. Snails and attention. <laughs> Once that's taken care of, a lot of this is just exercise, like making sure Booker gets to run a lot, make sure he can like put weight on his legs again. And from there, just seeing like, what sort of moves can you do? Because Hilda has not heard of this type of necromon before. He's been able to do some. Nothing too exciting, no like super powerful paper blast or anything like that. Mm. But you know, he can move around. He's got crab legs. That's the sound effect for skittering on crab legs. And as you're thinking about your training and getting ready, you hear one of your moms, who will have a voice eventually, but for right now, since I don't have one, you just hear God damn you, Kyle. Which uh, translates from adult speak to Hilda, the school buses here. Oh shoot, uh, are you coming mom? And Hilda's just gonna rapidly grab her backpack 
stick Booker in the backpack, pile in the other school things. <laughs> I'm sorry, do you want me to put you somewhere else? Okay, it, w- it won't be too long. I'll leave the backpack a little bit open. So Booker can stick out? Mm-hmm. Little eye socks. Oh. And then stick in her headphones. Yeah, and so you grab your book bag, you grab Booker, you stick him in, but leave a little bit of space so he can, like, breathe and smell and chase snails. <laughs> tasty, tasty snails. Hopefully they're not venomous snails. <laughs> and you open the door, you, you run out, and you run past a bunch of random boxes in the hallway. The only thing that's up, which is like, you know those paintings of like the sad clowns? It's like that, but it's like a sepia picture of this very, very old, dour-looking clown. So you run out, and you run down to the bus stop, and the bus stop is there. Cuts. It's a bus. Y- you get in. If it doesn't take off into the sky, I will be very disappointed. I will walk out. I will expect a refund. No, but actually it isn't on wheels. The bottom half of it is just sunk into the earth itself. I accept that. And it moves like on kind of this ghostly slime across the ground. I'll accept that because I don't trust wheels. (laughs) But you trust ectoplasm. Yeah. And you get in and you get to the bus and where on the bus do you sit? The back, the back right corner specifically. Not like in the exact back corner, but like near the back i don't know if you can tell but booker really wants you to roll down the window get a little breeze on those eye stalks <laughs> hilda will try to discreetly just like crack the window a bit give me a roll actually to see how well you crack this and i would say of the four stats slick is the most appropriate no books books is the most appropriate oh i was thinking it was slick i was going to say we are literally trying to keep booker cool if we want to wildly misinterpret. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, 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 roll plus slick. I hoped I would get an AP out of that, but it's fine. Take an AP. You don't have to give me a pity point. You get a pity point. Nobody else gets it, though. You get a pity point. No, I refuse. I'm not taking it. That is... Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a five. Okay. That's a failure for keep your cool or sneak or whatever it is. So you're working on it. You're, you know, putting all the force you can into it. But the whole thing is, you know, those two little bars on the side, you got to squeeze in and pull down on the weird bus windows. It just seems like I'm going to break it if I try to pull on this harder, but nothing's happening. And like, it's all about the finesse, too. So we just hear as you're like trying to move it and it keeps getting getting stuck. And you had to get fully on your knees with, like, your backpack pointing out to do that. Oh, no, no, please. And as you're working on this impossible bus window, you hear a voice from the seat across from you. You know, I'm not going to ask. No, I... <sighs> Fine. Hey! Hey! Hey, wait! Um, do, do, do you mean me? Yeah, yeah, I, I got a question for you. Yeah. And you turn over, Hilda, and you see sitting at the seat across from you, two other students. The first one you notice is the one who is talking to you. They are on the far side by the window and they're cool. This teen is wearing a black leather jacket adorned with vibrant gems and rhinestones that reflect splashes of colors from the sun across their umber face, which itself glitters with sparkling makeup. 
especially around their half-closed eyes, which are partially covered by thick, curly black hair. Sitting next to this, again, very cool high schooler is a young girl, probably eight, eight and a half years old. And while the high schooler could be described as looking at you, this girl is staring. Her mouth is opened in a wide smile that shows all of her teeth, including an honestly adorable teeth gap. And her thick black eyebrows are raised so high that one would half expect them to fly straight off her warm, tawny brown head. This expression is a little less prominent on the girl's right side. Here, she appears slightly tightened. Her arm is bent, her mouth a little less wide, and her fists constantly clenched. But her excitement in no way shines through less, and definitely makes up for the much more subdued and a little bit embarrassed look from the older one, who says to you, Listen, I, I hate to ask, Yuna, Yuna's not... And the little kid just looks up and stares and nods at the older one and then looks back to you and, like, gets a little bit closer. Yuna's not going to let this go. Uh, that one, right? And Yuna, the little girl, points at Booker in your backpack. And the older one says, that Bobsia Anya, she's not a Necromon trainer, is she? Uh, n- no, no. The book, uh, the book doesn't have anything to do with Necromon. It's just the book is a Necromon. This is, uh, uh, Roll me take action. What? (laughs) Roll me take action or keep your cool. Either one. But why? I'll tell you. (laughs) Panic. Fear. I should have asked for the heart of the cards last time. This time I'll believe. That's another five. (laughs) Yeah. What noise does Hilda make when she's very startled? Ah! So you're doing your thing. You're like, da-da-da-da-da. I'm not... Ah! Loud enough that everyone goes silent as this little girl practically lunges out of her seat towards you. She's still, like, in her seat. She's using her left arm to keep her, like, attached to her side. But she is now crossed over the center between the two seats and it's just an inch away from your face and from Booker. Because when hearing that Booker was a necromon, she just fucking lunged at you in excitement. Hilda's just gonna like unzip <laughs> the backpack and just <laughs> hold Booker up. Booker is just looking like a book. Oh. <laughs> uh he's he he's sometimes shy. He doesn't always like to come out when he's scared, but this is uh This is Booker. The girl leans over to the side a little bit confused and she wobbles a little bit until the high schooler behind her just kind of grabs her to make sure that she isn't falling out of her seat because she's leaned over even more. And the teen behind her is like, come on, Yuna, we gotta, you know, the book might be shy. We're just gonna do our own. Oh, and they make the O sound as this child pops back into her seat, lifts up a finger, and pulls a hollow foil necro card out of a sleeve from the lanyard hanging around her neck. And out of it, this little glossy pick-pick just basically rises out from the card, replacing it with its little shy self. Oh no, did I do the voice for I the pick too? too? You did, it's I don't remember running. <laughs> I don't remember what it sounded like. I, I think it was something like... 
Yeah, it's that. Yeah, yeah, you did. Kip, kip. Kip, kip. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> and the pick pick looks around and it looks at the girl who like nods at it excited and it just kind of sits there and bounces around a little bit. Kip, kip. Hilda's going to stare at the pick pick for a moment. Gears turning. Yeah, uh, Booker doesn't like necro cards, really. He just likes to do his own thing. He's he's a very strange necromon at times. He pokes you with one of his little eye stalks, but doesn't do it to where anyone can see it. Because now he's decided... Why are you being so rude? He's decided to be a jerk. Booker, why? <sighs> Please. Recoup. Teens are watching. <laughs> <laughs> Recoup. He pokes you harder. <laughs> As you're talking, the teen trying to be nice is like, well, Necromon, that's pretty cool. You know, Yuna is one of the first trainers in our family. And Yuna looks up at them cross and she grabs her forearm cane that's like black and has like death metal and skulls on it. And she points to a skull on her cane. And the older one says, no, he's not a trainer. No. <laughs> He's not. Hey, Kike. I first wanted to know, what is Kike wearing? Because I'm assuming he doesn't wear that, you know, big explore getup while staying at home. He does not. Uh, Kike wears different things for different occasions. So usually when he goes out, he goes all formal, like he has a vest or a coat or things that are kind of like old timey like that. And then he has what he always has, one of those old-fashioned Spanish berets, and he also wears glasses. I think I maybe mentioned that last time, too, but he wears glasses, which is important. Yeah, you mentioned the wraparound glasses that he has. Yeah, and he has one of those pocket watches that's, like, old-timey, too, that has a chain, and he has them always in his pocket no matter what. The rest of the attire can vary, depending. So he's wearing, he's wearing his casual clothes today, not the kind of thing you would go out with? Yeah, he's wearing his casual clothes, so still a vest and, you know, some some pants. So where are you going to solve your tweezer problem? Um, hmm. I was thinking first he was committed to doing it at his house because it's just too inconvenient to go somewhere else and trying to do it. Like, <laughs> he, <laughs> indeed. So first he was just trying to look for a magnet or something. Ay, amor de what? What is your problem? And he's going to go to the bird and like yell at it, like go outside, still holding like probably his magnet that he was going to use to get the tweezers out of the bottle. So you walk out of your building, which since you're only sometimes here, this is maybe a house you share with some of your family. So like maybe it's multiple condos and you've got one of the condos in the house. That's actually pretty common, so. So you walk out of towards this little fenced yard and you see this bird. Are you trying to like talk to this bird or actually try to scare it away? Or are you just kind of angry and yelling at it? I mean, he's trying to both like talk to this bird, see what it's doing. And if he can take the bird and move it someplace else, like why is it interested in this yard and not other yards? What is it doing in here? Okay, so you're coming out and yelling at this bird, and the bird, which is this uh, type of necromon called a kingpacker, it's this giant heron with a big woodpecker nose and, like, long legs, just turns at you. Well, 
little like tongue sticks out of the side of its beak. And I want you to roll see into their heart because you want to see into the heart of this necromon. Okay. And that is plus. Oh, great. Yeah, that's that's fair. I don't. I do not have a lot of uh, heart here. I'm sorry. That's what you described. You said, I want to know. I want to know. Hang on. I, I was trying to see me. if there was something else that I could use. What is this? Oh, that is a two. Is it a natural two? No, it's a four, but I have minus two heart. <laughs> All right. So if you had succeeded, you could have asked me a question about the inner thoughts. On a mixed success, you could have asked me a simple question. I could have given you some information. On a failure, your target gets important insight into you. Oh, God. The GM is able to ask you a simple question about your inner thoughts on behalf of this target, which you must answer truthfully. What is the load-bearing wall of this house? No! <laughs> oh, no! Oh! I mean, oh, God, sorry. I mean, I don't know, but this bird sure does. I cannot tell you because I don't know how houses work, but the bird sure does now. Please so don't, were you, don't do this. Were you doing work outside or did you like open? He he, op he was doing work inside and he like opened the window of the house to like yell at this bird and ask him like, <laughs> what is your... The bird flies inside, just swoop straight through the window. It should be too big to get in, but like... Your head is nearly, or actually, no, your head is taken off. Oh, no! As this bird just comes in and just starts hammering into one of the walls of your little, like, space where you're working on this. And the bottle, actually, you can see, shakes and it falls on the side and it almost rolls off the edge of the table. Oh, no! So does the bird currently have Kika's head? Is that what's happening? No, it just knocked it off. Your head is on the ground. Oh my God. Your body is at the window. Oh my God. And your glass, which has tweezers in it, is now rolling towards the edge of the table. Oh my God. Uh, mm. God bless the slice of life mechanic. <laughs> bless it. Okay, well, who who says that... Kanaka Weso can't multitask here and he's going to send one arm after his head and send the rest of the body after the after the bottle. Roll me the take action. Okay, take action. That's fierce. That's a six. You could give your use your loaded dice to save it to a mixed success. A six is a failure. <laughs> Wait, oh, it's two dice. Never mind. <laughs> so oh, this is okay. <laughs> Wait, have you been rolling one die this whole time? Yeah. Whoa! No! It was physically impossible. <laughs> it is always two d six, unless I say otherwise. Okay. Oh, then it's a twelve. God. Damn it! I rolled another six. I rolled two sixes. Well, for fuck's sake! <laughs> this isn't fair! Oh, it's two? Yeah, let me just roll, let me just roll another six here. That's me. So now, uh, now, that, now that Ari has taken off the training restraints. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just roll another fucking six. And has revealed her true power and has rolled a critical success. Fuck. You can do a couple of things. You can gain AP. You can increase the impact of your roll so you can have it super good as opposed to good. 
You can apply a status effect to a monster that's usually in confrontation, but you could negatively impact this fucking bird. Or you could ignore penalty of the move you just used, but your move doesn't have a penalty. So... I want to intimidate this bird with this move. <laughs> like, it's something that is truly not seen every day. And so I want this bird to be bamboozled by this weird gymnastics skeleton move and bamboozle it so that it stops doing things for a little bit here. The bird looks over and it sees you with like your head on your foot, the bottle in one hand. Probably like the head is also being like, I would stop that if I were you, pajarraco. Stop doing whatever havoc you were thinking of doing. The tongue goes back in as the bird's eyes widen. Things are serious. Hearketh listenereth, heareth cometh, the announcementeth breaketh, for Hilda ith rival ith. I'm still working on a new intro for the announcement break, so you're just gonna hear me try new things until I find something that sticks. Hi, this is the announcement break for Hilda's rival. So today we introduced a handful of new characters, and whenever we do that, I often consult with sensitivity readers. These are folks that will go in and read a little doc I have on either a part of the world, a plot thing I have planned, or specific characters, and they'll just provide feedback saying, hey, maybe do this, maybe don't do that. So I want to take a quick moment to shout out those folks. First off, we got some Mexican-American consultants for Yuna and her very cool older sibling, that cool teen. So thanks so much to Abigail Espinoza and Monroe Soto for providing really helpful feedback on those characters. We also got some consultation on hemiplegic cerebral palsy from Clary Cavanaugh and Jillian Bleakley. Finally, I didn't get a full consultation on this, but I did ask Minty Belmont of the Belmont System some questions about neo-pronouns, so I wanted to give Dame a quick shout out for their really helpful answers. If you need consultation done, or you just wanna check out the work of any of those folks, you can find links for all of them in the description. Additionally, in the description, you can find a link for another show. Because while the announcement breaks are actually announcements and not just ads, we will be featuring typically about one ad on the show for other products or more frequently, other shows that we think you might be interested in. So I will let the lucky die take it from here and tell you about their show. You see, looking up from the ground, blood-red clouds boiling across the sky. You did ask me to bring the thunder. Dejan! <laughs> Dejan! Help! I've got the chalice, please! Well, if they're following you, then I guess that takes care of a loose end for me. <laughs> All of you feel the earth beneath you shake and crack and break. I feel that I have failed 
both of you, and I am sorry for that. This has nothing to do with you being a bad leader. Do you want a countdown? Oh, I think I want a countdown. I want to help. I always had good two, intention. I one. do not deserve to die. Now. The Lucky Die Podcast is a weekly 5e Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Join our adventure every Monday wherever you download podcasts by searching for The Lucky Die. All right, that's all I've got for this week. Our next episode, Hilda's Rival Part 2, because most of our adventures are going to be two-parters, will be releasing on Monday, May 2nd. But if you'd like additional stories, podcasts, or behind-the-scenes videos, you can find them at patreon.com slash questfriends. I will see you there. Hey, hey, hey! Hilda, you had your first day of school. There's not much to say. So the way Valley Public Schools work is it's kind of this almost compound where you've got the three buildings, elementary, junior high, and then high school all kind of together. And then some of the shared spaces like the gymnasium and the playgrounds and the parking lot are all in the middle of the three buildings, which make this kind of U shape. And the buildings are, I don't it's a public school, brick buildings, big murals, overcrowded classes, teachers who either work themselves to death or have worked themselves to death too long to care anymore, standard stuff. That being said, tell me a bit about what Hilda's first day at school was like. How is Hilda as a student? How successfully did Hilda keep Booker hidden? Like, how are things going? Uh, since Booker refuses to make any signs of life to anyone, I think it was probably pretty easy to keep Booker hidden <laughs> as just another book. <laughs> Hilda's a pretty decent student. She is able to sit in focus at times and do the mindless busy work that schools are so fond of. So she gets along fine, doesn't have any problems with teachers, gets good grades, that sort of thing. It's syllabus day, you know, hard to know what teachers are are good or or bad except for you know of course mr jimothy call me jimbo who was like we're gonna have a fun time let's all just sit around together in like a circle kids and we're gonna just talk about the syllabus together that was a bad time or a good time i don't know how hilda feels he's the kind of teacher that when you came in, the seat was backwards and he was like sitting <laughs> on the backwards seat with his arms over the top. He's trying way too hard. Way too hard. Very upsetting. So, yeah, that was, you don't like, Mr. Jimothy's class was interesting. What what did he teach? It was English. We all know it was English. There's <laughs> no option for him to teach anything other than English. So, yeah. But those are over. The dreaded circle of syllabus discussion has now ended and you are in the gymnasium between all buildings, the recently renamed Bandit Gymnasium. As you're inside, you can see that there is this kind of raised platform in the center. It looks almost like a wrestler arena or a basketball stadium. There are all sorts of kids around and there's of course a big banner saying welcome to necromon dueling club proud home of the scuba core international necromon championship 
you can feel the like aggressive energy of like one of those office workers who's just way too into this being like this is great this is gonna be your future because it wasn't my future and i need somebody to have a future and yeah what's how's hilda feeling uh nervous standing next to a wall and tapping her foot anxiously She's debating whether or not to put the headphones back in, or if she'll miss something important then and feel worse. What does she end up doing? <sighs> gonna take a deep breath like that and say, Okay, what does boss always say? Act like you're supposed to be there because you are. She says that every time you're outside of a thing that has an image of Sparky that says, Banned from the premises. <laughs> She's going to walk up to the aggressive office guy who looks like he's maybe important and say, um, hello, my name is Hilda Mishkevich. I um, am here to sign up for the 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 Necromon dueling club. Mm -hmm. The guy turns around to you and he just got a big old smile. He's like, oh, Hilda Mishkevich, is that it? Wow, I'm so excited for you to be part of this championship. Are you going to be the next aggressive bandit? I mean, I... Are you? That's probably overstating things. You are, you are going to be the next aggressive bandit. That's why you're here. You're here to be the next aggressive bandit. I mean, I don't know if I'm that ambitious, but yes, I, I do want to be the very best like no one ever was. Best like no one ever was. No one ever was. There's no one that good. I mean, except for Irene. She's that good. But nobody else that good. <laughs> You're going to do it, kid. And he grabs a big star sticker and just slaps it on the first thing he sees, which is Booker. He just slaps it on this book and says, wait right there and walks away, <laughs> never to be seen by the show again. Are we sure about that? Rickoop. Are we sure? Rickoop. Are you OK, Booker? His pages flap a little. What does what does the sticker actually say? Does it look actually official and important, or is it just a sticker? It I I'm gonna do some retroacting. That guy isn't an office worker, Mister Jimothy. He showed off his sticker collection. That's as official as any other sticker Jimothy's got. Hilda will gently peel off the sticker. If you had told him it looked nice, he would have loved it, and he would have kept it. Oh, Booker sounded like he didn't want it. He was confused. Visual novel told you that you got the answer wrong this time. Good thing that I can never now complete the Booker run. <laughs> no matter what happens from here on out, we're doomed to just never be able to reconcile truly as partners. <laughs> you're locked out. As you're sitting here dealing with your failed Booker run, <laughs> you eventually hear this like sound on a mic, like, a, you know, a loud <laughs> tap, tap, tap. Hey, uh... Hey everyone, so uh, Mr. Jimothy there? No? You left, didn't you? Hilda nods. Alright, gather around, guess I'll run this again. And you can see, standing on the raised platform, that cool team from the bus ride earlier. And they say, alright everyone, so uh, my name's Ariel, I am running this now, I guess. These are the tryouts for the Necromon Dueling Club, which is officially affiliated with the Scuba Corps International Necromon Championship. And you can see they kind of roll their eyes as they have to say this official thing that was definitely added. So, uh, 
I guess since Mr. Jimothy isn't here, we're just gonna do this how we do it every year. You're gonna come up here, you're gonna have a duel. When you're done, that thing. And they point over to your school mascot, which is this large bowl of punch with a backpack on and a bandit's mask. The school aid man. School aid. School aid man. And uh, you know, it's gonna give you a thumbs up, you're in, thumbs down, you know. And the mascot's doing the thing mascots always do where it does like a vibrant thumbs up, excited, thumbs down, shakes head. So uh yeah, anyways, um Walnut will run the card checking thing and then yeah, just kind of get in line. We're gonna do it by grades, so first graders come up here, everyone else get in line. And as the first graders kind of push you out of the way, you can hear you no know, random things like, alright, nope, no pushing, no shoving. Hey, nope, you were in first grade last year. And the year before. This year it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it, Abe? It's a small child with a mustache on. <laughs> this year, it's true. So yeah, and then you can see the rest of them are all assembling in line to get their Necromon cards checked. How do you pass your time in line? Is your way to get your cards checked? Can I say that you didn't figure out where to throw away the sticker? Like you were just in a hurry to get to the line and stuff? Yeah, sure. Booker will start poking out one of his little eye stalks on the sticker and like get it stuck and like do a little weird like eye twitch and he clearly wants something. Do you want this back on? Rapcoop. Okay. You can have it again. I'm sorry. I thought you didn't like it. Is there anywhere you want me to stick it on one of the covers? Actually, if you're okay, maybe let's stick it inside the cover so moms don't see. Booger seems very excited. Um, so w when they, I, when they say they're checking your necro cards, um, necromon who aren't bound to a specific card, are they still eligible for the, uh, the tournament? Wait, you have what? And the table in front of you slams and suddenly you're in front of the line and this person is looking at you, the seventh grader. Now, normally I don't explicitly mention pronouns, I will, in the character list that we have at the bottom of the description of every episode, I mention character pronouns in that. And we also, through context, will, you know, use he if it's he, him, they if they're they, them, a combination if it's multiple pronouns. But because this character uses pronouns we haven't used before in Quest Friends, I just want to quickly go over them. So neo-pronouns are essentially pronouns that people can use for themselves other than he, she, it, or they. There are a bunch of them. And the ones we're gonna use today are Day and Dame. If you wanna check the character description, we have all the permutations of it. It's Day, Dame, Dare, Dares, and then all the things from. So like Dame turns into Dame self. An important thing to note for Day is that even though it sounds like they, verbs conjugate in the same way they would with pronouns like he, she, and it. So it would not be Day Walk, it would be day walks with the S. I say this because I I messed this up the rest of the session. It'll be fixed in future episodes, but for this episode and for Hilda's Rival Part 2, 
Just know that my verbs surrounding day and dame are all sorts of wrong. Anyways, Hilda is not thinking about pronouns because Hilda is staring straight at this person behind the desk. They are a seventh grader who is wearing the Necromon tournament outfit. So it's like a gym outfit version of the scuba core trench coat. So it's white, white shorts, white shirt, the scuba core logo. This person has buzzed brown hair that fades into rough peach colored skin. That actually has the texture of peaches and their large head is supported by a thin, sturdy body, like fruit hanging on a tree branch. But just like with that young girl, Yuna earlier, you're focused mostly on their eyes, which are not that far from you as they slam down the desk and say, wait, you have a necromon that does what? Oh, uh, yeah, my, um, <clears throat> my booker, uh, doesn't really like necro cards, but, but he, he, um, we're, we're still a team. I, you know, was wondering if maybe he was, he's, he's still eligible for the tournament, right? Even though there isn't, there isn't a card exactly. No card? Mm-hmm. That's so, that's, that's, that's so cool. That's so cool. Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. She has what, what Irene has. Mm, what was that? And behind this person, another person turns around. You can tell immediately that this is not a living person. This is an intermortal exchange student. His face is vibrant green and his body is all rectangles and he's wearing a small ball cap. Did a Minecraft zombie? No. It is now. But yes, <laughs> he's got a cap. They don't have caps. His body isn't literally squares, but that's the kind of general body shape he's got. If the other person is kind of this beanpole with a large circular head, he is this solid rectangle square all around. Like the rectangle dog that lived next to us in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ginger, the rectangle dog. I miss Ginger. And he says, what was that, Walnut? She doesn't have a card. She doesn't have a card. Is that... Is that going to be a problem? Is that going to be a problem? That's that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, only Irene does that. That's that's what I said. I said only Irene does that. Uh oh, yeah, that's uh, that's no problem at all. Like Necromon's bodies are projections of their soul, right? They're kind of like protective layering, you know, like like your head. And Walnut knocks on the side of their head. And that's actually what res points track. They actually track how strong this protective barrier is. That's good. But if we go too hard and some people actually hurt the Necromon, actually hurt the soul of the Necromon, you know, they cheat like in that. Uh, you ever see the movie The Necromon Kid? Yes. Yeah. It's like the Necromon Kid. If they cheat like that, then these cards will actually get pretty busted up, too because necro cards hold necromon souls. I com I forgot to mention that part early. Anyway, so we just, you know, check to make sure that no foul play has happened. But you don't have a card. So so how 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 do we check in that case? Well, uh how's he feeling? Brett cold. He is ready. Uh you know, it's uh, great. 1 1 to 10. How uh Brett 
club. Six. Okay, six. Uh, Freddy, Freddy, mark that down. And Freddy looks around and he's like, I don't, I don't have paper. And they just put paper in his hand. He's like, oh, okay, I got a uh, six. Feeling like a six. Hey, I, uh, I didn't get your name. Um, <clears throat> my name is, uh, Hilda Mishkevich. Hilda, Hilda, Hilda Mishkevich. I, uh, I'm Walnut and this is Freddy. And Freddy just raises his hand. Hi, I'm Freddy. I like to watch. You know, I'm uh, something of a necromon trainer myself. I'm raring to be second place of the seventh grade this year. Se- second place? Well, yeah, no, but nobody beats Irene, but. Oh, who, who is, um, who is Irene? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm new. Uh, I, I, uh, this is my, my first day moved into the valley just a little while ago. Irene Hawthorne is the most terrifying Necromon trainer to ever face VPS Junior High. (laughs) She has a perfect record. All wins, no losses. She comes once for tryouts, and then she stays as long as she wants. The school aid man, he can't judge whether you're in based on whether you beat Irene. Because you can't beat Irene. He judges based on how long you survive. Anyways, yeah, so you don't really stand a chance against Irene. But you know, if you're new, I've actually been looking for a rival. We could be rivals. Oh, uh, thank you. I need, I am still learning the ropes of uh, Necromon training because I've only just started. Well, rivals, how you get there. So you and me. We're going to duke it out, all right? Uh, okay, cool. I I think I'm going to go watch some of the battles. See you around. Awkwardly doing finger guns <laughs> because she doesn't know what to do with her hands. So, KK, what'd you do with that king pecker? I don't know, because, like, part of me wishes to, like, somehow skip to like a point where they reach kind of an impasse where the bird isn't leaving, but it isn't also causing any chaos. It's just like staring at Kike while Kike is like keeping eye contact while he is finishing his boat thing. And like if the bird is like maybe opening its mouth to make a sound, Kike just like goes and stares at it. So that it fucking does not fucking dare. And this has happened for some time while he, uh, I assume he took the tweezers out with a magnet, but... Yeah, you've you've figured out the tweezers. I'm not going to make you roll for that because we'll just say the hours have passed. Like it has been however much time, you know, what, seven hours in a school day plus a couple more where you're like still working on this thing. And yeah, occasionally you'll look, the bird will like slowly turn its head towards the wall to peck. Yeah, and then Kike will like glance at it. Do that don't you dare kind of glance. And it'll just slowly move its head back. So you're sitting there with the bird. We don't hear many sounds, but we hear enough that editing Kyle is going to be mad at me because we hear like the tick, tick, ticking of the clock. The car is gently going down the road next door because I imagine of the building, you're like on the side one that's like next to the sidewalk in the road. It's not loud. You're not on a main street, but like 
cars go by. You hear cars. Yeah. You could swear you hear something moving in, like, the bushes. Um. Outside. Well, he's too preoccupied with this ship and with not getting this bird to do things. So, like, if it's not directly bothering him, it's not his problem. So. Okay. But we're going to check out the bush. Because Sparky... You saw this hole in the fence. Yeah, I did. So what are you doing right now? Clearly going through the hole in the fence through the bushes, but like, give me the context around that. What is Sparky doing? Well, um, Sparky has recently come into possession of many necromouses. And so she has a little traveling case, you know, where you put like a lot of mice in from those humane traps, but she needs somewhere to release them that isn't her house. And what better place than the house she knows to be Kike's sometimes oh where he is. Gosh. And what better than to put little itty bitty recording bugs on the deck row mice. <laughs> Two birds with one stone because Sparky Malarkey's efficient. <laughs> You're just giving him a mouse infestation. I'm not, I can't even think of a way to make you roll for that. I'm just going to say you have mice with little recording devices on them. How much money did you spend on the recording devices? Um, It wasn't mine, so it doesn't matter. So you've got a bunch of necromice. Sure do. With recording devices. Yeah. You are slowly making your way into the yard and you don't even have to roll stealth because Kike is not looking for you. Nah. How are you going to get him to go and stay in the house and not just record random people on the street? There's a big hole leading back out of the bushes. True, but mice do like being inside things feel like that was Hilda, not Tom, but Hilda piping in to be like, but this is why boss's idea is good. It's what Hilda would have said were she here. <laughs> okay, she hasn't thought that far ahead. She knows that she wants them in the house to like pick up Kike's secrets or whatever. <laughs> or at least just to like annoy Kike and then she can hear that and be happy. But even if they get out and scamper about as necromice are wont to do, she will presumably hear other people's secrets and that's fine. Okay. I will say I hate how the complication of Sparky is now becoming a Kike complication. Oh, how the tables have turned. How the tables have how turned. How the turntables have. Mm. So you've got your, let's say it's half a dozen mice in this carrier case. Yeah, six mice. I've got six. So yeah, you look down, you got this case, you got your seven mice. How are you going to let them out? Real gentle, one at a time so that it's not too obvious. Because, you know, if seven mice suddenly just like dropped in from the ceiling there'd be a lot of squeaking there'd be a noticeable thump sparky is a master of stealth so we're not gonna do that we're gonna do one at a time at two minute intervals precisely two minute intervals she's got a little watch she's got a little timer so she opens the hatch with the little necromice in and she goes okay pepito go on pepito go on and she urges the first mouse through the giant hole in the wall and then disappears back into the bush with just a little bit of rustling. Alright, so, squeak, 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 squeak. You hear a little bit of squeaking, Kike. Not a whole lot. But every two minutes, it gets louder. The Sparky lets in the first mouse, the second mouse, the third mouse. Pepito, Tanya, Wendy, Rolf. Takes out the fourth. She's now halfway through her eight mice. <laughs> I, I would say, like, around that time. Like, at first, like, Kike didn't notice. And then he, like, looked at the bird and be like, Is that one of your kids? Do you have other other bird things in here? 
the bird stares at you and it does like the licking the lips thing as the tongue, which is poking out only an inch, slowly moves down its long beak, down the front, and then back up the other side. I hate it. And it looks out at the yard. He's going to like stare at the bird and kind of like point outside so that he comes with Kike, even though <laughs> Kike does not own this bird. And I didn't think of having something like a rope or something, so this is all entirely to the bird. But it's like the fucking two cats. Okay, roll me, roll <laughs> me. No. Roll me a no! heart. <laughs> Uh, to convince somebody, but you're gonna take a plus one, so... Oh, plus one! <laughs> okay, okay, okay. What's your heart normally, Ari? It's minus two, usually. So yeah, so now it'll be a, a minus one, because it's plus one to whatever it was before. Okay. And that's because you befriended the bird. What is this? This is uh, an 11, but then it's minus one, so it's a 10. Yeah, so on Convince Somebody, the bird comes with you. The bird is interested. Uh, you understand each other. <laughs> that moment of understanding the bird further is just enough that it's not going to partially listen to you. It's going to fully listen to you. Excellent. He's now a necromon trainer. <laughs> yeah, somehow he's necromon bird. You somehow have a more emotional bond <laughs> than me and Booker. With this random toucan. This random toucan. That's his name now, Random Toucan. <laughs> yeah, so you come out with Toucan the King Pecker. <laughs> and as Sparky, as you're trying to let out your last two mice, Kike, you see seven mice all around you. <laughs> does he see Sparky at all or does he just see the mice? Sparky, pull me stealth. All right, a stealth is going to be slick, right? Yeah. Oh, cool. I have absolutely no bonuses in slick. Eight. Eight. A mixed success. Yeah. So you don't see Sparky, Kike, but you do notice a little necromouse come out from the bushes. In that case, Kike is going to like look at the bird and be like, Hey, Toucan, do you have any skills in catching mice? You just like get at them, boy, get at them. And then he's going to like approach the bush as he tells the bird to catch the other mice that are around. Sparky, mouse number nine was just let out. You've almost got all ten mice out. I thought there were six. Are you intentionally multiplying my mice? Because the number gets higher every time you say it. Is this why you keep finding mice in your humane mouse traps? Because they multiply? R.I.P. to mouse number ten, though, because you see <laughs> this shoebill-looking motherfucker that also looks like a heron with a thin jackhammer nose dive into the thing and just get its head stuck inside the cage. <laughs> no! As it eats it and it like, it knocks you out and just hits you with the cage, Sparky. Knocks me out in the sense of knocking me out of the bush, not unconscious, right? No, out of the bush. Okay. It eventually knocks the cage to the ground and gets its foot caught in it. So its foot is caught in the cage, but it's going around and it's gobbling up mice. Okay, Um, as that happens and <laughs> the 10th mouse doesn't make it out, Spark is going to be like, oh, Cristado. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. He's already dead. He's in that crap house. Um, 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 and then she's going to pick up the trap with the bird in it, throw it at the <laughs> hole in the wall, and then run away. 
Like she knows when she's busted, and this is usually a, when a bird flies into your trap. You're going to pick up Just bench press the bird and fling it. Yeah, that's what you do. Birds can fly. Oh, me to take a swing. That's all I can think of. Is you are doing violence to this bird. <laughs> the birds can fly. They like being thrown around. <laughs> you know. Regardless, you're swinging the bird. So roll me take a swing. I'm swinging the bird. <laughs> But I'm trying not, I'm not trying to hurt it. I'm just trying to like toss it just for, just for clarity's sake for the listeners. Sparky isn't vindictive. She just makes bad choices. It's fierce regardless. It's, no, it's fierce. It's definitely fierce. Uh, with my modifier, that's a 12. PK. Wait, no, well, uh. You can. No, You can no, if no, you want. No, can I no, you can't. I forbid it. I use that AP that I don't have to block this. I will I will go into debt for AP to block My this. Can I borrow dice. an AP and then return it? No. Why? That's illegal. That's capitalism. <laughs> Come on, man. I want to use Come on. My seven man. Don't I? I I don't I don't roll Who well. Just the bird hits. <laughs> I don't roll well. Kike, you're an opportunist. You've always got a way around things. You're an adaptable guy. How does this adaptable nature or your ability to plan somehow get in the way of Sparky throwing a bird? So if Sparky got knocked out of the bush, I feel like Kike first was just like, just surprised and angry at Sparky somehow being responsible for this. And so he was looking at Sparky when she was about to throw this bird so I think he was able to, like, direct the bird to, like, fly back at Sparky before it got thrown out, like... Because they're friends. <laughs> hey, Toucan, I bet she has more of those mice that you, that you like chasing now. So, this bird, Sparky, you pick it up, and you must have taken it out of the trap or something, because you don't see it on its foot. You grab the bird, and you throw it out. Yeah. It goes over the fence, it, like, it, you can't see it. And then Kike says, oh, she probably has more. And then suddenly, the bird from your opposite side perks up out of the bushes, <laughs> tongue out. That's so scary. And looks at you. That's so scary, man. I see your back. Kike's going to be like, that's a good boy. <laughs> Sparky looks up and goes, Kike, fancy seeing you here. This is my house. I assume that you would see me here. Really, really. When I live here. haven't been taking care of the place. And she gestures to the hole in the fence. You know, Sparky, it is a new fashion nowadays. <laughs> For fences. But regardless of all of my uh, artistic choices in my house, there's one and he's gonna point at her. That doesn't kind of mesh with the rest of these uh, decor. So can you sort of explain what are you exactly doing here? No. <laughs> no, that's... Uh, no. I am afraid that is classified <laughs> information. And she's gently, like, kicking the cage behind her, trying to, like, get it out of the yard proper and just, like, collect her things so that she can make a graceful exit. You realize it's a bit harder to push 
and Toucan makes a little alarm noise. Oh, you wouldn't want to hurt my new friend, do you? This isn't the Necromon you caught. Didn't you get a little card or something? Uh, did you come with a card? And he's gonna, like, look at the bird. (laughs) (laughs) And Toucan looks at you with its tongue out a bit confused and it cocks its head. And then it turns over and looks across Sparky at itself, a kingpecker that's on Sparky's other side, which also cocks its head. And they just kind of shrug their shoulders, look back at you. Did you have two before? I did not. So you do have a family. (laughs) All three of the kingpeckers nod their heads in agreement. Damn it. Uh, Sparky steps to get away from them. She has to step a little bit further into Kike's yard, the opposite direction that she wants to go. I didn't bring the mice in the first place, but I don't have any more. So I don't know what you want to do about these birds in your yard, Kike. It seems like maybe you have to um call somebody. I don't really know how to handle such things, but it's your it's your house, as you have said, and as I have been surprised by. So if Sparky's trying to leave, I want to like have the birds block the exit so that Sparky owns for her mistakes. All four toucan <laughs> block the way and the fifth one that Sparky threw outside flutters up and stands on top of the gate. There was only one bird before you arrived and brought whatever these mice things. Yeah, the necromice, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think that this is a problem that you need to solve because I it's am not, not going to. Kike, Kike, it's not my house. Hmm, you know what? And so he's going to do, like talk to the birds and tell them Sparky's address. And be no, like, hey, why do you know her address? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you, you should. Like, it's accurate. but <laughs> Outplayed. Roll me another heart to convince. Okay. So that's a, that would be a six. You got six. Toucan has paid a lot of attention to you. Toucan really cares about what you think. But Toucan's distracted. And you look down and you can see that in his leg, is the little trap and inside of it you can see little mice respawning inside of it and it's going down and it's trying to grab the ones it's can but additional ones are pouring out and sparky you remember something Mm. you remember when you bought it the person asked so uh what do you want this for Oh, I just want to catch, uh, I'm having a mouse problem, uh, lately, so I want to be able to capture the mouse without killing it, and then release it somewhere else that isn't my house. Yeah, well, you don't want to use this model. Why? Well, like, lots of people use it because it's the cheapest. That's exactly why I want it. Well, yeah, but it, uh, it kinda, if Necromon goes in it, it kinda rebel- Ah, don't listen to them! Take whatever you want! Yeah, that's more than my speed, thanks, thanks. Yeah, I'm just gonna take this one, because I, 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 you know, left my checkbook at home, so here's a, here's a ten, give me change for nine dollars, please. And you notice, as you stare at six kingpeckers, <laughs> desperately trying to hunt down 30 mice- <laughs> That this doesn't just catch Necromon. It duplicates them. I 
I think I'm going to go watch some of the battles. See you around. Awkwardly doing finger guns <laughs> because she doesn't know what to do with her hands. Uh, yeah, you could come over here. I've got a great spot. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm Freddy. Hilda. Hi. He, he goes to shake your hand and go and, and raises his hand. He's like, all right, let's go. Let's go sit down and it'll be nice and easy. And oh, no, is that a GM intrusion? I see. <laughs> Tom, take a GM intrusion. Coolio, I need it. Oh, do you want to give the other AP to who indeed I'm giving an AP to Emily? <laughs> it'll come into play later, I'm sure. And you hear this doom, doom, ah! as this Necrobon flies out of the battlefield and this seventh grader, like they do in Yu-Gi-Oh, just cartwheels backwards <laughs> off of the stage and kind of hits the ground at the bottom of the steps. There were mats down there, right? Yes, there are mats. There are mats there. They've been laid out there, but they weren't there earlier. And you can see a few people have started pulling out a few more mats to put in the place. And Ariel's voice goes over the microphone. Hilda Miskiewicz, you're up for the next uh, round. Oh, um, well, I, uh, I guess I'll come find you guys later after my fight. Yeah, yeah, after... And you see Walnut and Freddy's eyes both in unison dart to the kid on the mats who's just being dragged out because they're too tired. After the match. Yeah, yeah. They both give you a thumbs up. Hilda will awkwardly turn and head on over to the arena. The steps. There are three of them, but it feels like an infinite staircase at the end of the castle in Super Mario 64 complete with the creepy music that scared me when I was five. The sun is starting to set, and so the warm light is being replaced by this harsh, cool blue. The blue you saw when you were at that Necromon pool where you met Booker. It surrounds this stage, forming symbols that almost make the shape of a giant Necromon card. In-universe, this is just a way to further help Necromon with their projection, help keep things safe, but it's so new to you and scary. But what might be scariest of all is the unknown, unbeatable trainer standing with the light illuminating the bottom of her face like one of those scary flashlights you do in telling scary stories. Irene Hawthorne. Greetings. Yeah, this should be a different file, but Tom, are you recording? Yes, I am recording. Emily, could you say something to confirm that we're recording? Something to confirm that we're recording. Ari, are you recording? If Kika gets sick, would he get a tibia onyx? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to contribute, but all I could think is kneecap. <laughs> like, that's, that's not a pun. 
that's just me kneecap i want to yell that at some point the way i do malaita maybe that's what double ones are called kneecaps kneecaps god because they're little dots so they're like kneecaps which are also little dots whenever i get a bad roll i'm gonna shout oh knuckle bones also i probably should have mentioned instead of just on my zoom camera poking up my fingers <laughs> he's, he's sticking out his little eye stalks ah. look it's fine i <laughs> described something as doing the uh, eyes which i'm sure <laughs> will be wonderful for our listening audience it's it's a fun sound they get distracted by the fun sound it's how <laughs> half of the comedians get their business speaking of we haven't had a joke in a while go hi okay now we're good we're set for like another 10 minutes anyway mm, i'm trying to think uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think of what expression to use when when being annoyed at this bird. Uh, kneecaps. What? No, I'm trying to think of a Spanish expression. Malaita. No. <laughs> Give me a second. Uh, Let her think. I respect how we no one even acknowledged Hallie dying over School Aid Man. Oh, I I did. I was I was laughing inside. Like we all noticed it, but we just carried on. The worst part is this was Hallie's pun. I, I got know. this from her. I, I, I forgot about it <laughs> <laughs> until you said it. You said like half a year to a year ago. The mascot of season two is the School Aid Man, and I noted that down. I noted that shit down so fast. I know. I, what what I love the most. Is that there wasn't really soft? Oh yeah, from Hallie as she was laughing. It was so soft, but yet I could hear it. Oh yeah. Anyways, I gotta note down Mr. Jimothy or Jimbo as he likes to be God. The English teacher. Jimbo. The English teacher and also I guess the advisor for the Necromon Club. Well, because you said like, oh, the person, the office worker put up the sign. I'm like, oh shit, they're here now. I need to consolidate characters. It's Mr. Jimothy. <laughs> In my mind, he just looks like Jimmy Neutron's dad. That's the same. I was fully expecting him to be the gym teacher for there to be zero subtlety. <laughs> and Kike, get, take a GM intrusion and tell me who you're going to give the other point to. Um, I'm giving it to Irene. Can I do that? <laughs> we introduced the character five minutes ago and she's, she, she got AP before she was even yeah, introduced. Yeah, that's because yeah. she's an overachiever. It's because I'm the best at everything. Yeah, man. 